Germany calling, Germany calling, Germany calling. Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, in which we look at the annals of true crime to find events that happened on this week in history. I'm your host, Mark Decano, and with me are my friends, Jed Lester. All right. And Rue Turner. Hello. So the date we're looking at this week is the 17th of September. And on this day in 1945, the trial began of William Joyce. Joyce had been captured that May by British forces in Flensburg, the final capital of Nazi Germany after the fall of Berlin. Known in the UK as Lord Haw Haw, he'd broadcast propaganda to Britain on behalf of the Third Reich and now faced trial for high treason. Did he? Why? <laughs> he uh, I don't know anything about this, really, other than uh, the name Lord Haw Haw, because people have generally heard of him, but don't necessarily know, can explain it. But I'm just going to ask, you two can talk and I'll just ask stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it, is it worth looking at what high treason actually is? It's interesting because on the books at the time there was also the crime of treachery, which is not the same thing as treason. Is treason different to high treason? Technically, it's yeah. higher. It's higher. Yeah, it's a lot higher. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, you have perspective well, on I, it. There was just one part of high treason which I found quite amusing, which was um, one part of the definition of high treason was. Um, to have sex with the regent's eldest unmarried daughter. Yeah. Well, we've all done that, so... <laughs> you say anything about that and I'll do you for treason. What? Part... Perhaps polluting the royal line, but I don't know, but... Uh... Yeah. Oh, okay, right. It's classed as a treasonable... Yeah, but if she was married, but not necessarily married to you, it wouldn't be considered... That would treason. be fine, yeah. So... High treason. Well, in this case, what is high treason? It is a breach of allegiance to the crown in terms of acting um, directly against it. Which it always, treason obviously always was, but this was obviously mega, mega big. Yeah, so as I treason. said, yeah, mega, mega massive, big treason. Massive, massive treason. treason. Yeah. Yeah, but this, this was a, um, a crime that only existed during the Second World War, wasn't it? Sort of. <laughs> kind of stopped at the end of the Second World War. Treason? repealed in 1968. No, high, high, high treason. Yeah, high treason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and and I mentioned treachery, and that was only during wartime as well. Which um, is different. Which is different. Is it lower than the, treason? Yeah. I mean, the main difference is that if you're found guilty of treason, you hang. If you're found at guilty the time? At the time. If you're found guilty of treachery, that can be commuted. Um, so it doesn't have to, you don't have to hang. It would have been treason. treason at that time. Yeah. There would have been loads of treachery, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, so there's a lot of ways of being treasonous. Does high treason still exist? N well, no. I yeah, mean, no, it does, I but so. you don't... Oh, right. Oh, no, okay, despite sorry. what it will say below the line, as they say in I mean, it will just be called something else. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, there's still tre treason is still a crime. Yeah, yeah. High treason, is, there isn't... It would all come under the same... Um, heading out now of treason. But of course, the death penalty was abolished decades ago. So, A um, tall man. We don't do that sort of thing in civilised society. Good Lord, no. Don't cut into my joke. <laughs> a tall man kept on uh, bumping his head on the top of a door frame. And it was because of a height reason. A height 
Wesen. William Joy. Um, so he he sounds English. Here's the thing: he was, was he born English? in America. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, he, he could sound American. Yeah, yeah. All right. He was born in America. He was raised in Ireland. Father was Catholic, mother was a Protestant Unionist, mm -hmm. which would have been very interesting. Yeah. When he was in his youth, he worked for British intelligence during the Irish War for Independence. So he was, this was still, he was a schoolboy at really? the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a paper round. Yeah, well, exactly. He probably had a paper round, but he was just passing different just bits <laughs> of paper around. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 exactly. The reason he came to England was he was moved there by his British handlers in order to escape being killed by the IRA. Didn't someone go to kill him yes. on his way home from school? Yeah. In fact, yeah, generally... He'd, he'd, they'd moved to another house around the corner they'd a few moved days house. before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is a story wow. in and of itself. He was walking home from school and the, the member of the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, was sent to assassinate him. Wow. And, and it wasn't normally was their policy. A school much boy, of a, a schoolboy, yeah. Blimey. The IRA didn't have a policy usually of killing minors, but they made an exception. Sure, in yeah. This they tried to. Yeah. And, yeah, and the reason that the, the assassination attempt failed, as you said, was... They moved. They'd moved house mm. around the corner. Wow. Completely threw the plan awry. I'm sure they could have... Could have planned actually better. Actually asked yes. a couple of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah. So he was a minor. So his, uh, his military handlers, they moved him to England, and he went to school in Wimbledon. Right. which is in South London. And the, the family followed uh, a couple of years later. So they all moved to England. So he wasn't... He, he was born in America, raised in Ireland. So he was he was schoolboy age when they moved to... And the family England. was originally from Ireland, wasn't it? The family was originally from Ireland, Galway, I think. Right. I don't even know who he looks like. Well, he had a, a very distinctive scar. Now, yeah. He had a scar on his right side of his face that ran from behind his ear all the way down his face to his mouth. Um, very distinctive and he mm. got that in 1924 mm -hmm. because he was um, engaged in politics at the time supporting a conservative politician and he was attacked by communists this was a time in the 20s when politics was getting quite violent even in Britain but mostly in Europe yep. but he got the scar apparently by communists he later said that it was a Jew that did it but uh, his wife apparently said that it was a woman not who wasn't Jewish but, you know, who knows? Know. But he was anti-Semitic from the outset, so he any oh, that was the re oh, any right, opportunity okay. to say a Jew done it. Oh, sorry, I thought it was just a random, so, yeah, sort of self-fulfilling. Really, if somebody hated him, they must have been a Jew. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Okay. Fine. So the the building blocks are being put in place to his yes persuasion. Absolutely. Is that true? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, he's grown up with with violence, obviously in. In Ireland, yeah, and obviously, and he's got the being the family being hated from both sides because he's got a Catholic yeah. father. And a but he was for oh, right. he was f well when he was a schoolboy he was for the British government. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was, didn't his mother agree was with it, but unionist. I'm not sure if his father was Catholic, but I wasn't obviously he wasn't massively Republican because he married a unionist. But his mother was very unionist, right? Which is you know loyal to Britain. I bet that wedding reception was. That would have been a party. Fiery. I thought I saw that he was anti-Irish Unionist. Right. Yeah. Uh, a Republican. Yeah. Anti-Republican. Yeah. Well, she was a she was a, a Unionist passionately. Okay. 
so that's and the boy obviously the boy the young boy William he operated from that standpoint so he supported the British but he's then gone more and more right wing he's gone, he's gone from establishment to you know more conservative until in 1932 he finally joins the British Union of Fascists right 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 with um, Oswald oh, Mosley yeah. sure yeah um, and Mosley and others said that he was really good at giving speeches and so he was mates with Mosley Mates of Mosley, but even then, as a member of the fascists, he drifts further and further right, if that's even possible. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. In 1934, so he's been in the, he's joined the fascists in 32. Two years later, he's made their director of propaganda. Oh, they, so they he's, like he's writing fascist propaganda yeah, yeah. for the Union of Fascists. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. And around that time, he also was instrumental in changing the party name to the British Union of Fascists and National Socialists. If that, I don't know if that rings a bell with anyone. So basically, he's very pro-German. So the Battle of Cable Street is a very famous London, what would you call it, riot in mm. the 30s to do with the British Union of Fascists. So Cable Street is part of the East London's East End, and British Union of Fascists tried to kind of storm it. Well, it was a it was a march, mm. yeah. So the the British Union of Fascists, and yes, it would have been Mosley and most likely Joyce. Um, they were on a march. They were demonstrating, basically, against everyone who lived in the area they exactly. were marching in. Yeah. So they're marching in it through Whitechapel in the East End, yeah, which is a big Jewish community, mm. and they would have all been, they were, and they were marching in, in anti-socialist, anti-communist, and basically anti-Jewish, effectively. Um, and there was so the the police were there for trying to protect the march, and then obviously everyone in the community wanted to be basically out. they so basically they fought back it was a and, mass ruck, and yeah. they won basically they pushed them back, but in that particular instance, let's face it, not in history they didn't, but the yeah. but yes it was a massive massive, I mean it was it was massive there were three thousand fascists marching and. In opposition, there were 20,000 anti-fascists. Right. Approximately. Altogether, 84 rioters are taken into custody while the police firmly prevent the battle from taking an uglier turn. 80 injured are taken to hospital. Hundreds more receive first aid on the spot. Um, so, yeah, it was a major bundle, and the, 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 um, the people who were against the fascist march heavily outnumbered them. That's and, quite and normal. <laughs> well, I mean, that's normal, yeah. yeah. I mean, you see but that the, sort of in, in recent years in London when you see... Kind of right-wing marches by UKIP and the likes. Yeah, there's, there's usually not many. half a dozen of them, and then yeah. 500 other people calmly standing at the side, going yeah. down with this sort of thing. Well, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's hard to put it in perspective at the time because this is this is at a time 1936. This is the, the Nazis have been in power for three years in Germany. So when people who the British Union of Fascists or another very similar paramilitary organisation based on them, and they're marching, you'd think, well, they might have some pol at least some political standpoint. But unfortunately, they, unfortunately for them, I should say, <laughs> um, they didn't have nearly the sway. And they don't, they, Britain didn't have at the time the political unrest that was on the, on the continent. So basically everyone was just against it. You know, the, 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 the political history of, of Britain is usually about being quite sarcastic and taking the mickey out of uh, authoritarian figures. So at that time, had he become a publicity and marketing 
Well, he was propagandist for the fascists party. So my point is, US. has that has that got direct connection to Daily Mail? Uh, hurrah for the black shirts headline. So when did he? So you said he joined in thirty two. He joined in thirty two. He was made director of propaganda in thirty four. Right. And in that same year, the Daily Mail would have published the headline. Yeah. At that time, for well, yeah. pe- for those of people who don't know, the Daily Mail in England published a front cover supporting British Union of Fascists, basically. Yeah, I mean that's would have been. The, the the then Viscount Rothermere, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But he was a supporter of Hitler and, and Mussolini anyway. I don't care what anybody says, Hitler was a bad man. <laughs> so he would have been naturally, and as they continue to be today. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, as, you know oh, okay. so the Daily Mail is not a nice... could have been completely unconnected. Yeah. They were just up for that headline anyway. It, it was, yeah, it was, they were pro-fascist so you know they just got excited that the fascists were bearing in mind that there was going to be upcoming elections and the media throws their support behind the party they favor at the best of times yeah so yeah they were just saying oh the fascists are on the rise and daily mail is big up for it daily mail euphemistically called a newspaper well yeah it's made of paper but the meteoric rise of the british union of fascists was not to be they tried to stand in the 1937 elections and got nowhere got nowhere yeah and then uh, Mosley downsized the party and sacked Joyce. So he was out. So right. it only, it only okay. lasted five five years in the, in the party, let's call it. Do we know why he was sacked? Did he do... Because they did just badly, out of favour, I suppose. Because they didn't do well. Yeah, they? well, he downsized. Yeah. So he sacked lots of people. Just Joyce was among them. I don't, I don't know, but I would assume that after failing at the election, the the the, the association with national True, socialism yeah, probably yeah, yeah. wasn't great because they would have dropped that then. From you there. only bring leaders in that can help you win. Yeah, if you exactly. stop winning, get rid of them. And Oswald Mosley was very much like that. He, I mean, he was a fascist in every possible way. Oh, so right. yeah, if they're not winning, then they're then they're out. So was um, Bill um, now like? Freelance, kind of. Yeah. So in 1939, it looks like war's coming. And then Britain has regulations in place about internment, which, you know, Britain and America did this, and I think abroad as well. And it's, it's quite horrible. But basically, anyone who might even remotely possibly be on the, on the wrong side in the war effort is put into a concentration camp. Right. That's okay. what internment is. So Japanese Americans would have been interned during the war. Likewise, um, he thought that because of his political standpoint, he would be considered a threat and put into an internment camp. Um, so he and his wife fled that uh, to Germany, and he became naturalised as a German citizen in 1940. Who at that time emigrated into Germany? Well, yeah, not many. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I. It's, there would have been British and American citizens who have German ancestry, German parentage, who would yep. have gone home to the fatherland. Okay. You know, who didn't face persecution. Uh, right, yes, Aryan of course. Types. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, political... And political affiliates. leanings, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. It's um, rare you hear that, though. Do you know what I mean? It's like... yeah. So we got during the start of the war. We just we decided to up sticks and move to Germany. You know, do you know what well, I mean? there was a British 
I don't know if it was a division, but there was a, there was an SS brigade of British people, for example. Wow. There was an Some SS levels, brigade yeah. of Muslims at one point. It shows how desperate they were getting in the war, because it was you know contrary to their thinking, the yeah. ideology. But they, yeah, but there was a British, uh, I know, regiment, division, brigade, something, a group, division. yeah, of in the SS. Now bear in mind that the SS was originally the creme de la creme of mm. Aryan supremacy, according to their minds. So when you say, well, it was just make up divisions of other subsets of society or sub nationalities or whatever. So yeah, people went in as well as okay fled. So they moved there. Uh, yeah, as far as William Joyce was concerned, he was fleeing Britain for the protection of Germany. Okay, and he was well known. He was well, yeah. I mean, he was uh, almost immediately recruited by right. the German broadcasting services because for, because he obviously spoke English, so he could broadcast in their English speaking channels. And that in 1940, at the height of his listenership in the UK, um, he had six million regular listeners. And probably three times that who listened occasionally. So, I would say most people have never heard of the name William Joyce, but mm. some people, or a hell of a lot more people, will have heard of for obvious reasons because it's a silly name. Yeah, yeah. Have we got to the nickname yet? Yes. So he was called Lord Haw Haw, and the the name is predominantly because he was, sounded a bit posh. You know, he had Haughty. a Haughty. He yeah. had a university education in Britain. He it's H A W though, isn't it? It's H A W. Haw haw, as in sort of as a laugh, horsey and laugh. Haw haw. Oh, okay. really? <laughs> 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 right, fine. Yeah. yeah. Children can be so cruel. Indeed. Why yeah. was he made a lord? I mean, I know he wasn't made a lord, <laughs> but well, because it added to that, that snorty silliness. Snorty. Right. He added to the snooty, snooty, snooty haughty. Was Lord Snooty around? He was probably at then. Yeah, probably. I know it doesn't That's a cartoon rhyme, character, though. Not yes. a real, he wasn't a real lord. No, I'm either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Neither was uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson. His name was Lord. <laughs> His name wasn't Lord. His name was Lord. His he name wasn't, he wasn't lord. a lord. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, John Lord. No, no. John Lord. John Lord. <laughs> uh, lord Rockingham. Who's, who's John 11. Lord? He's the, uh, he was the drummer from yeah. Deep Purple. <laughs> He's not a lord either. Oh, isn't he not? No. Anyway, where were we? Isn't um, it's in the States, isn't there a Justice Justice? There is a Justice Justice, yeah. yeah. It's not a Lord Justice. No. <laughs> I, so I, it's okay. a nickname just to make him sound It's a nickname, silly. yeah. In fact, it wasn't even his nickname. He inherited it from someone else. Uh, I don't think... You don't inherit nicknames from <laughs> someone else, do you? Well, the nickname seems to have been coined in 1939, um, but... He, there was a, a, a chap that he replaced uh, who called Bull, uh, Wolf Butler, I believe is correct. And he was also called Lord Haw Haw by Britain. And then there was, there's a whole other bunch of candidates who may have at one time or another carried that nickname as well. But he's the one it stuck with because he was the most popular and he you yeah. know, the most became infamous. It became, yeah. And while was, he had it. Exactly. And of course, at that from from the time he had it and on and on, we were at full out war. So that was the one. So, what was he doing to gain that name? So he's broadcasting in English uh, propaganda, obviously. Yes. Is that it? Is that literally the reason? That, yeah, that is it. And it's to it's to basically try and make him a figure of fun. Yes. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. 
there were parodies of him as well where people would do radio broadcasts and you know in the style of his his okay. broadcast but parodies of him what did so, he was he heavily irish accented or? no 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 it's very very clear um, very, by then yeah i mean bbc diction proper queen's oh, okay. english yeah yeah. yeah yeah so and and he would basically he would just he would go on and he would give the the war from the nazi, uh, the nazi the perspective other side yeah so and he would always open the broadcasts with the words germany calling which he would repeat and then he would make statements broad sweeping generalizations typically um punctuated with uh, specific details that may or may not have been true but it was propaganda so it was literally about you know the the, the british armies are failing on this front and that front and the glorious german army has marched into denmark and everyone has laid down their arms and you know welcomed them just when i think you've said the stupidest thing ever you keep talking etc nonsense like that so it's a morale based yeah it's a, it's thing, targeted it? at the british morale to, to basically yeah you know, if it—I mean, all he's doing is reading out stuff. But it's—but it's. But it's a, well, no, sorry, I meant morale in the sense of the press thought of a silly name to morale for British troops to just make him a yes. look like a fool. Well, he was broadcasting this propaganda to Britain. Britain was hearing it, and obviously that would have thinking, arguably defeated British morale. Who's this bloke? So how do you fight back? Yeah. Well, you. You know, you take the Mickey out yeah, of it. Of you course, satirize yeah. it, and you—you you, you mock it. Because radio's something that's a little harder to block, isn't it? It's well, not like nowadays, if someone's got a podcast you don't like, you can just ban the hosting IP. Don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen to this. But radio, you can just, if, you know, if the signals will reach there, then you can listen. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. So he was broadcasting all, all of this anti-British and pro-Nazi, um, and he was not only broadcasting and reading it, as you said, but he wrote it as well. He was the propagandist. He was the writer. Only in English. Only in English, yeah. So in April 1945, we get now to the end of the war. So his final broadcast, um, he's clearly drunk. He's rambling. It's the same old nonsense. The spirit of unity and the spirit of strength. But, you know, he knows he's on his way out so he knows it's his last broadcast he says he signs off you know farewell um and then within a month he's arrested by uh, the, as i said the british forces moving into flensburg so the, the german government inverted commas has fled now to flensburg berlin is un, in, under soviet occupation so the government's in flensburg british troops move into flensburg he's there he's arrested but yeah they were i think two weeks before that they started hiding out in a cottage with a widower, a widow, sorry. And uh, I think she was just an old widow. She probably didn't even know who they were. <laughs> so she'd just been hiding there conveniently. And uh, his wife was taking the car and he decided to take a shortcut through the woods. We're probably going to meet the other side of the woods or something, I don't know. And uh, as he's coming out the other side of the woods, he sees two British servicemen at the side of the road looking like they're collecting wood. Mm. So he picks up a couple of pieces and says... In French, here's a couple more pieces. And the serviceman just look at him. So he repeats the phrase again in English. Yeah. And one of the guys who, his, his name, deliciously, is Bertie Licorice. 
<laughs> so it's, good. Hey, no aren't, relation. Aren't you Lord Haw? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just recognise the voice. These guys. Oh, you recognise the voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, these guys were from T Force, which was a specific group of army operatives set out to collect people like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just happened to stumble on them collecting wood. He said, aren't you Lord Haw? And uh, he then reaches into his pocket to get out his fake ID, which he's got, which I, has some, I mean, rubbish fake ID. Yeah. And the other guy that's with him thinks that he's reaching in for a weapon. For his gun, yeah. So the other guy then pulls out his weapon and shoots him. The best bit about this is that the guy that shoots, unfortunately, it wasn't Bertie Licorice who shot him. It was, <laughs> it was, it was Bertie the guy Bassett. that was with him, yeah. <laughs> who, uh, it was actually a German Jew. Perfect. Who shot him with a Nazi gun he'd stolen. Sweet. <laughs> in the ass. In the ass. Popped a cap yes. in his ass. Right in the butt. That. I just love that. Uh, occasioning four wounds. Was it? Uh, yeah. Was that in and out of both I mean, cheeks? I'm assuming straight through both buttocks. <laughs> in and out of one cheek and through in and out the other cheek. I mean, that's a cartoon wound if ever there yeah. was one. But I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. I, you know, you could not have planned no. that kind no. of thing. And yeah. that, that kind of, the, like the language slip up kind of bit yeah. is, is just, it comes out of a British Ealing comedy. It, yeah, you know. I mean, it's, it's beautifully poetic, you know. <laughs> He's recognised because of this voice he's been taunting Britain with. A German Jew shoots him, shoots yeah. him in the ass, <laughs> straight through both buttocks. <laughs> I mean, it's literally from a comic book. It's fantastic. And it you know, couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke. No, I mean, that, that in itself really was more uh, a greater justice than his final hanging, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the final humiliation. He it? was then captured, was he? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so he's under arrest in May. In September, on the 17th, his trial begins, and he's being tried for three counts of high treason. So, for the period of the war, and while the war was going on, he treacherously adhered to the king's enemies by broadcasting propaganda. The second one, he's failing to adhere to his allegiance to the crown by purporting to become a naturalised citizen of Germany. So, well, for feigning foreign citizenship. I'll say that essentially makes emigration illegal. Yeah. (laughs) In in time of war, presumably. Right. And then the third one is from the outbreak of war to the time he became naturalised. He... It's basically the same as the first charge, but specifically because he's under the protection of the crown okay so obviously nationality is the key to this he was born an american yes yeah so he's raised in uh ireland. He's raised ethnically in ireland irish. ethnically irish he's raised in ireland he and then he is naturalized as a german citizen so is there jurisdiction can he commit For treason britain. against britain if he's a german citizen question one um, and if he's born American, well, what was his citizenship at the point which he committed treason? Well, he held a British passport. Good enough. For the crown, yes, it was. <laughs> okay. That was enough. As this is held a British passport, having moved to Wimbledon, aged yeah teenager. Yes. 
So the first two charges he was acquitted of. The third charge is the one that everyone hinged their prospects on. And that one was because it was worded in such that it was from the outbreak of war until he became a German citizen. Which wasn't a very long period of time. No, I mean, it was a few months. Yep. During that time, he was still a holder of a British passport. And he was doing high treasonable acts. He was doing propaganda before he became a German citizen. So as he became a German citizen, it kind of, obviously it doesn't become all right, but he was German, so... Mm. That's what they did. Any activity after that date but would it's be considered support for his country. Sure, yeah, yeah. So it's the, whatever it was, two, three months of being British and doing it Yeah, was good enough. Yeah. Mm. But what's interesting about that is, um, the argument is that the British, having a British passport, the argument for the prosecution was that as a holder of a British passport, he is afforded crown protection overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, right. And therefore owes his allegiance to the crown. So that's good for the prosecution. Good for the prosecution. However, he wasn't British. He was born American. Uh, And the only reason he had a British passport was because he misstated his nationality when he applied for a passport. So technically, his his crime was misstating his information on a passport application, which would have been a fine. (laughs) Uh, Okay, but they got around it, obviously. Yeah. Knowing what ultimately happened. They, why, yeah. why is it a bad thing that... Sorry. Why is it not as seemingly bad that he did all those acts and for a period of time during the war he was technically American? Meaning... Because you can't commit treason against your own country if your own country is not the one who against you committed treason. Because he would He didn't commit treason against Britain because he wasn't British. If he, he could have committed treason against uh, America. Right, yeah. right. But he didn't. He was slagging off Britain. I was treating it as a kind of black and white, them and us kind of thing. But obviously I'm aware America weren't involved at the time. Yeah, because he was was broadcasting anti-British, pro-Nazi propaganda to Britain. Yes. And Britain charged him with treason. Yeah. Basically because he had a British passport. But he had a British passport under basically... Arguably pretenses. false pretenses because yeah. he said he was British and he wasn't. Yeah. As so a German or an American, that's perfectly well, it's per- that's perfectly okay. I mean, yeah, <laughs> in legal terms, yeah. 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 But the fact of the matter is, you know, they wanted him. Yeah, of course. The bloody yeah. is, this, is this an Al Capone kind of yeah. thing? Yeah, this is, this, this is the, the passport loophole is the tax yes, okay. issue in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, Capone yeah. case, as you rightly say. So, yeah. So, basically, they said, okay... You're found guilty of treason under the terms of this because you've avoided, you've been afforded crown protection, you know, by whatever means it's yeah, been afforded yeah. to you, and you've basically owe allegiance and you've yes counted yeah. regardless if yeah. whether you, you fraudulently obtained, fraudulently it, obtained it, it, you yeah. still yeah, you were, were still given yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So, so that's this, how they did it, right? Yeah. yeah okay. So on this tenuous pretext, he yeah. was found guilty. Right. The law has spoken. Um, he appealed. He appealed to, to the Court of Appeal who upheld the sentence and then he appealed to the House of Lords and they upheld it as well. He was a lord though. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Hang on. No, no. Forgetting. <laughs> Surely they were mates. And and as a mandatory sentence for treason was hanging yes. yeah, yeah, to yeah. the gallows he goes. So basically, I mean... I don't think there can be any doubt in our minds around this table that 
he was always going to hang. That was going to happen regardless. Now, you see, because why? You because know, they just they were just determined. It, yeah, because in I the time of war, that. you go on the radio and yeah, slag off Britain, and then Britain catches you. You're going down. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I say Britain. I any, mean, any country, any country, <laughs> any country yeah. will do. Sure. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. If he'd been an Englishman. If he'd been a German in England slagging off Germany, there's no doubt in my mind that he would have had a far worse punishment than a simple hanging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got off easy. <laughs> use another example from uh, um, a previous episode when a, uh, a Hungarian citizen slags off Hungary. A Bulgarian. A Bulgarian <laughs> citizen slags off Bulgaria in the UK. Yeah. Bulgaria is going to send somebody to get him. Yeah, exactly. They didn't even Basically, wait. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even wait. Well, let's go. We didn't parachute anyone into Germany to get it. So on the 3rd of January in 1946, um, William Joyce is hanged at Wandsworth Prison, aged 39. And in a particularly gruesome detail, the scar that we've made a great point of mentioning, mm. when he hanged, he dropped through the hatch and was yanked by the rope with such ferocity that it opened the wound <laughs> from ear to mouth. Ouch. So. That would have looked like the most gruesome yeah. like a ventriloquist dummy you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he would have been buried in the grounds of Wandsworth. What's the name of the hangman? Albert Pierpont. Did he do it? Yes. <laughs> he did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, did he really hang him? It was him, yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. suppose he was, he was the... He was the man. He was the daddy. He was yeah. the back daddy of the noose. Of hanging. Which is the name of my debut he album. He wasn't that busy, was he? <laughs> well, no, that's all he had to do, realistically. Although the next day he had another job, he had to hang someone else the following day, who was the last man in Britain to be hanged for treachery. Ah. He was hanged the next day. So and William Joyce was the last man hanged in Britain for treason. Oh, we're only yeah, we're not going on the hanging, we're going on the reasons for hanging on. I was about to say, so the next day he was out of work. But he No, after that it was all murder. Hanging hanging <laughs> carried on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's just the treason <laughs> after and treachery. That, his job was murder. Yeah, fine, yeah. Yes, so last man hanged for, for treason in Britain was William Joyce hmm. on the 3rd of January. And on the 4th of January, Theodore Schurch was hanged for treachery. And they were the last people for any reason other than murder. Everyone after that was hanged for murder. He was reinterred in Galway in 1976. Uh, so there's not a great deal in modern popular culture surrounding the character Lord Haw Haw, but at the time there was lots. There was a um, parody broadcast... Um, just after the war, and there were Pathé broadcasts parodying the character as well. There was a, a Lord Haw Haw representing the Nasty Party broadcast. Um, and basically, it was just, it was very non-subtle satire of the, of the character. But it was all contemporary, contemporaneous at the time. What I can tell you is that the idea of regimes having national propaganda characters broadcasting to the opposition... Um, has continued. Um, so at the time, as well as Lord Haw Haw um, broadcasting from Germany to Britain, um, in America you had Axis Sally. Um, she was pro-German broadcasting to America. Mm. Uh, she was arrested and hanged at Axis the end of the war. Sally. Right. Axis Sally. Uh, on the other <laughs> side of the Pacific you had Tokyo Rose, who... Where were they from? Well, <laughs> she was broadcasting to American troops in the Pacific theatre from Tokyo from yep. on behalf of Japanese and right up until uh, Vietnam during the Vietnam War you had Hanoi Hanna who was broadcasting from North Vietnam to American troops fighting from the south. 
That's all for this time. If you want to know more about what we've discussed over the course of the episode, just Google it or something. You can see daily true crime updates on our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, or you can support the show with a PayPal donation. And links to all of those are on our website, truecrimediary.co.uk. Join us next time when we will be similarly discussing and digressing on another event in true crime history. Until then, my thanks to Jed and Rue. My name's Mark, and we'll see you on the next date in our True Crime Diary. William Joyce has been executed, and to millions of Britons that must have seemed his obvious destiny once he'd been captured. And doubtless few, if any, among the crowd had not at some time or other listened to and detested the voice of Lord Haw-Haw broadcasting to Britain from Germany. A notice is posted proclaiming that Joyce has been hanged. That is the only end that traitors to the country can expect.